Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hello and welcome again to Money Tips. This is Charles Kelly bringing you Money Tips to help you save, earn, invest, accumulate and enjoy more money. I've got well over 100 episodes out there on my podcast on iTunes, Stitcher and Anchor. So do check it out. There's a lot of content there, a lot of good, useful money tips that can, uh, as I said, help you save, earn, invest, accumulate and enjoy more money. So I hope you'll be able to check those out. Today we see the introduction of the the new immigration system well it's been announced today it it will be phased in i guess but uh, it's the new points-based immigration system which i'll talk about i should say that many of you might know i'm the author of the book yes money can buy you happiness which is a book about money and how it can you know can buy you happiness in, in certain circumstances and how it can bring happiness to people and how not having money can make you quite miserable uh, i also go through tips in there and how to manage your money, how to uh, control your money, how to think about money, how to have the right money mindset so that money doesn't sort of flow through your fingers, slip through your fingers like grains of sand or water, which happens to, to many people. You might also not be aware that I'm also the author of a book on immigration. Back in 2005-06, I, I co-wrote a book called uh, How to Come to the UK And I went through the then system that was in place and told people how they could come to the UK to live, work, study or visit. And at that time, I had a business which was involved in helping people come to the UK, mainly for nursing and care work under the old immigration system. Now, in those days, you could come in from non-EU countries to work as a senior care worker. And that helped the, the care industry staff its its nursing homes and businesses dealing with care in in the home home care businesses then the the eu started to expand into eastern europe around about uh, that that must have been 2004 where new countries are called the the a8 country which included poland latvia lithuania and several other countries that that joined the eu and they were given free movement but only in britain Sweden and Ireland, Germany and France said, no, we're not going to give free movement yet, but they were given free movement. And over a million came in the first couple of years to the UK. And then they started to reduce immigration from outside of the EU. So that meant that uh, people coming in from India and the Philippines and Africa were prevented from coming in unless they were highly skilled nurses and could jump through several hoops and English language and that sort of thing. So the market basically changed at that time. But at that time, I I, I wrote about it and I, I knew, you know, I was very much up to date with all of the rules. Now, later on, the government, which was then a, a Labour government under Gordon Brown, brought in a points-based system, which, I mean, they're talking about a points-based system today, but they've already got a points-based system because the system they brought in under the, the last... Labour government, which is around 2008-9, they were phasing it in, a five-tier points-based system for different levels, like highly skilled workers under work permit type schemes. Then there were low-skilled, which they have never activated. Then there were student visas, 
on tier four. And then there was a tier five, which was the seasonal workers, seasonal agricultural workers, holidaymaker visas and, and different types of visas that were are, are around and were around at those days. So that was a points-based system then. So there's nothing new about a points-based system. That The points-based system that's been announced today is pretty similar. It's a tweak on the, on the old points, which cost billions to introduce, by the way. Uh, so I hope they're not going to just scrap those whole system. But the, the system will now apply to EU workers really from next year. So it now means that people coming in under the EU, this is following the Brexit uh, vote and the Brexit, which was... Let's face it, a lot of people who voted for Brexit were a bit fed up with the amount of immigration coming into the country. And, that you know, you can't argue about that. That's that's a fact because they felt that there were too many people coming in at once. It was uncontrolled, which to a certain extent, you, you can't control it if you can't control your borders. But now the government have got back control of their borders from next year. So they're now saying, well, if you want to come in, you have to qualify under points and you have to be at a certain standard that you know, the country needs. And that's basically applying the same rules that have been applied to non-EU workers for for decades. They are now applying it to people from within the the European Union. So I hope that's clear. In fact, for non-EU workers, it could open up a different kind of market. It could mean that things might become more flexible for non-EU workers because they won't just be able to sort of just take workers from the EU so easily. Now, Priti Patel, the Home Secretary, has announced this today. She's actually the daughter of a migrant family from East Africa who came here. I think they run a, run a pharmacy business in Radlett. And she's risen up to become an MP and a minister. And now she's in you know one of the top offices in government, which is you know the, the Home Office. And you know, good, good luck to her. She's done very well. Now, she said today that this system will be phased in. And when asked the question, well, what about the, the companies that can't employ uh, low-skilled workers? What about these companies that need care workers? What about these companies that need hospitality workers? And she said, look, there are 8.4 million people between the ages of 16 and 65 who are economically inactive in, in the UK. And these are the people that need to be trained up to do the jobs. There are also about 5 million people claiming universal credit. Now, not all of those are fully unemployed. Some could be on partial sort of sickness benefits. Some could be single parents. Some could be working part-time, families working part-time that you know can't quite make ends meet, so they're on universal credit. There are a lot of people here that, that could work. The, the, the population of the UK is approaching 60 million, and we've got something like 32 million people actually registered working. You know, so there's, there's a lot of people there that, that can do these jobs. Not, obviously, not all of those people are adults, of course. She also pointed to the fact that there are millions of people already here from the EU which will not be affected by this, this system. And approximately 3.2 million people have already applied to settle in the UK. These are European Union citizens, mainly from, I mean, the countries are Poland, Spain, Italy, Romania, Bulgaria. From these countries, mostly from those countries, 3 million people have applied to stay here. So there should not be a shortage of, of workers immediately. There'll be less workers coming in, of course. But, you know, the other thing you've got to remember is that any country will only thrive if it takes in skilled workers and skilled migrant workers. 
And this is the same whether you're in Australia, Canada, America. You know, you can't go to Australia unless you meet certain criteria. And one of the criteria is, do we need that kind of worker? Now, if they need electricians, they'll be getting in electricians. If they need teachers, doctors, lawyers, they'll be opening up the system to attract those people. But they're not going to allow somebody who just comes in who didn't finish school properly, who's got no degree or can't speak English or has got no skills whatsoever and just let them go into the country. Now, 50 years ago, yes, you could go to Australia for £10. They call them a £10 POM. POM means it's their so-called affectionate name for, for British people. They call them POMIs, POMs. It's, it's a bit of a racist term, really. But anyway, the £10 POM could go there for £10, whether you were skilled or not, because they needed people. They needed to fill this vast country, which still only has a population in the 20 millions or so. And and it's vast, isn't it? Now, whatever country you're looking at now will want skilled workers, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, the the main places that people migrate to uh, who have open migration systems. America is a little bit different. They have this green card system. But largely speaking, most countries will want workers that can be employed, can be employed in good employment, gainful employment that pay tax and it can contribute to society and can stand on their own two feet. That's what any country wants. And they want people that they need for those jobs that are not going to displace the people who are already doing those jobs or want to do those jobs. So in the UK, I don't think we need particularly more lawyers. There's thousands of people graduating in law every year who, who can't get a place in the legal profession. Uh, but we do need certain types of jobs. So there is a shortage occupation. Medical workers uh, obviously aim list high on that, but certain kinds of engineers and that sort of thing. But we don't need more drama teachers. We, we And we certainly don't need more people to work making coffee. Uh, now, some people argue any worker is skilled. Yeah, any worker is skilled. Sure, a care worker is skilled, but they're not skilled to the level of, say, a brain surgeon. So there's got to be a higher skilled, a middle, medium skilled and a lower skilled. It just stands to reason, doesn't it? You know, if you can learn to do a job in three or four weeks or a month, that's not the same skill level as it is to become a surgeon, which might take 10 or 12 years. So the country needs those kind of workers, because if you're low skilled, and you're working in a basic kind of job, you're, you're, you're making coffee and or you're, you're doing a minimum wage type of job, you aren't paying much tax. You're paying hardly anything in tax. The, the threshold before you even start paying tax is £12,000. So how is that person contributing to the economy? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, they're filling a place in a job. But, you know, it's very easy for employers to take somebody who uh, is sitting there and say, well, I'll do the job. Yeah, that's great. That's that's fine. It helps the employer, but it doesn't really help the country just to fill the jobs with, with low-skilled migrants because they're not paying tax. And the chances are if they've got a family here and children, they're probably drawing benefits through universal credit. So so that's what the government is trying to do. They're trying to, to get the right people who, who are needed for the jobs that need doing. And they're, they're just applying the system that was already there for non-EU migrants and then applying that for EU migrants. So all these people jumping up and down, oh, what are we going to do? You know, let everybody in. No, this system has just been applied to, to people. Now, briefly, you can look at this up on, you can Google this. It will go through in great detail what the system is about. Basically, you need 70 points to come here under the system, under the points-based system. It's very similar to the old system. A job offer will give you 20 points at the appropriate skill level. So no, if you're, if you're going to email me and say, can I come here to do a labouring job? No. Can I come here? I'm a barista. No. It's got to be at the appropriate skill level. Even a, a care worker would not qualify 
under this type of job because they don't think that's the appropriate skills level. Whether you think a care worker is skilled or not, I'm not, I'm saying this is what the government are saying here. And this is based on advice and studies by the Migration Advisory Committee. You get another 10 points if you speak English to the right level and you would get uh, no points if, if the salary level is below a certain level. So, so a salary level of, say, 22,000 a year is not going to give you any points, but a salary level of 25,000 would give you points. You'd also get uh, 20 points for the regular uh, relevant PhD in a STEM, a STEM subject. That's an example, but there are other ways to qualify. They've reduced the minimum salary from uh, 30,000 down to 25,000, you know, so they are trying to make it more flexible, but it's not going to be as open as it was. So, Speaking English is, is one thing, getting an approved job with an approved sponsor. If you're in a shortage occupation, then that would help you qualify even more because you know, that would fast track you through as it does now. So if, if now, for instance, you wanted to come from the Philippines as, as a nurse and you, you met the criteria, you could sail through the system and, and be here very quickly. Of course, you've got to j- jump through some hoops to show that you're qualified and can adapt here. Because we've had scandals in the past where people have slipped through the net and then they've not been properly qualified. And this this puts patients at risk. Now, the salary threshold for skilled workers used to be over £30,000. It it would now be lowered from that to £25,000. And I expect that will qualify. That will also apply to nurses at the moment who may be only between £25,000 and £30,000 who want to then settle long term and were a bit worried that they would not be able to get a British passport or get indefinite leave to remain on a salary less than £30,000. The threshold could be as low as 20480 for specific shortage occupations. So again, they're building in a bit of flexibility, and that could currently include nursing, certain types of civil engineering, psychology, classical ballet dancing. I, I, I really can't see how we need more ballet dancers, but there you go. All those with a relevant PhD, relevant to a specific job. And I I expect the PhD would count if you've studied that PhD in specified universities that are on on an approved list. So so there are already significant shortages of certain types of workers. They still need nurses. There's a big shortage of nurses in in the NHS, etc. Now, some people argue, well, foreign workers make up a sixth of the 840,000 strong care workforce and again I supplied staff to the care sector and it was still a shortage even with EU workers coming in. Frankly EU workers could be more fickle. They, they didn't always stay in the job as long as somebody did on a work permit. If you had a, a Philippine on a work permit they would tend to stick out to their contract until they get indefinite leave to remain and then some of them still stayed in the job after that. Whereas say a, a nurse from Spain used to come over here and say, well, I don't like the weather. I don't like this. I'm going back to Spain. And and this, I'm sorry, Spanish people, this this is a fact. They were certainly about 10 times more fussy than the, the type of work you would get from, say, uh, the Philippines or India who on a work permit. They would be a lot more willing to work and stick it out through the cold winters than somebody from an EU country that could say, well, I don't like this. I don't like these long hours. I'm going back to Spain where I'm unemployed, incidentally, but I'm still going back to my family. So there you go. Uh, That's a bit about that. Yes, there's going to be a lot of jumping up and down from employers and from uh, relevant bodies saying, look, we need more 
I mean, the, the Royal College of Nursing, for instance, said proposal, which is a union, by the way, uh, said the proposals would not meet health and care needs of the population. British Farmers Union are worried that uh, serious concerns about, you know, fruit picking and farming needs. Yeah, I, that's, that's true. But they'll, they will have different types of seasonal agricultural schemes, which they've expanded rapidly to cope with that. So they always had a seasonal agricultural scheme before free movement of labour, by the way. And people would come over here for six months and work and then and then go back. So that's a bit about that. how it will affect the economy. Well, we, we don't know in the long run. Better workers, more highly skilled workers, I mean, coming in and paying more in taxes and, and contributing more to the economy is good for the economy. Having a lot of low skilled workers in who then are partly dependent on benefits. And I've met them, you know, I've met people who are working in the job but still get benefits because they're working in a garage and they need social housing. They needed a council house. They need they're on part time benefits because they he's got three kids in, in the house. And I've seen this myself, you know, they don't benefit the economy. I'm sorry. So you have to accept that. So the government, I think, are doing the right thing. And this will, in the long run, benefit the the economy. Now, people say, well, what about the NHS queues? What about this? What about that? But, you know, migrants also create demand as well. So it's not just a a net net. So, well, if we get more workers in and fill that job vacancy, then then everything will be okay. No, it doesn't really work like that. Because if you bring in, say, 10,000 workers and you say, right, we're going to put them in a healthcare job. Well, those 10,000 workers need a certain amount of care. They need a doctor's surgery to go to. They need housing. So it, it also creates demand. So the idea that you can just solve all the economic problems by bringing in workers from abroad doesn't really work. We're better off to mechanize and, and, and have our industries running efficiently so that we don't need so many workers and bring in the right workers at the right level so that they are paying taxes. Again, I come back to this this point that people on minimum wage hardly pay any tax. So the idea that they're contributing all these billions to the economy is is nonsense because you can't contribute to the economy if you're not paying any tax, can you? If you're not paying tax and you're working on minimum wage in a coffee shop or a cleaning job, and then you've got a family with three kids, then you are more likely to be on benefits than net contributing to to the system. In any case, it costs four or five thousand a year per child to put them through school. People don't even think about that because they don't see the money changing hands. So, you know, you've got to get back to reality here. And and that's what I I think the government are are doing. And finally, uh, British workers often criticise for not wanting to work. I don't think that's true. You know, my kids always worked. They always worked hard. They studied hard. And, you know, millions of British workers are probably the hardest working group of, of in, in the whole of Europe, perhaps in the world. They work very, very hard. They work long hours. But there is a sector of, of society that just doesn't seem to want to work. There's, there's no doubt about it. There's a sector of society that have for generations in their family not really worked. They're not really studying They've got no ambition. Now, that, that needs to be addressed. What, what are we going to do about that? Because if you go through school from the age of five to 16 and you come out with a level of English that is not even equivalent to what you'd need a foreign nurse to, to hold, you know, they, they wouldn't pass an IELTS exam at, at level seven, 7.5 because their English is like you know, kindergarten level. So something's not right if these people have been churned out of the school system that either don't have the skills to work, they don't have the skills for further education, and they've got no motivation to work. So something needs to be done about that because you cannot, you cannot just leave those people on the scrap heap and then keep bringing in people from 
Eastern Europe who, you know, they have a degree. So, you know, I'd rather have someone with a degree from Poland that can come in and do this job that doesn't need a degree. But I'd rather have someone who's highly educated than have someone who's 16 and can hardly speak English, even though he's born and bred in this country. Yeah. What happens to the 16 year old then? He's left on the scrap heap. No, you can't have that. Something's got to be done to address this problem. So that's my little rant about the immigration system and have a look at it online. You can see it all for yourself. It doesn't affect EU workers that are already here. People already here have nothing to worry about. And in fact, I think we'll probably see a large influx of people coming in this year because despite the fact that there's all Brexit, we're not wanted anymore. There's still a lot of people staying here. And if there's work here and there's not work in Lithuania or Latvia, then they go where the work is. And, and my family... Many of my relatives come over from Ireland in the, the 50s, uncles and aunts and in the 50s and 60s to work in building, to work in nursing. They made the same journey, but they came here to work because there were, those jobs were needed. So thanks for listening. This is Charles Kelly bringing you money tips to help you save, earn, invest, accumulate and enjoy more money. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 